Welcome back to the resupply with me, Guy Next Door. And me, Than. Bringing you your weekly double tap of all things Space Marines and Laser Force. Um, we are without one DK this week. Uh, for for a multitude of reasons this is why you know why he's not here we'll get into that shortly that probably the biggest one is that he's lazy um yeah total total fucking wanker (laughs) when it comes to actually doing work it's he's the fucking worst he is absolutely the fucking worst i'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to these podcasts either so you know yes yeah, it'll be fine <laughs> yeah it'll be fine um so we're doing an old school resupply today and it's and it's me and than but uh but we do have some guests which we'll get to in a minute um first things first though man you know what hey than did you know that it's march and uh yeah yeah do, do you know that we're we're that much closer to to nationals <laughs> You know, funnily <laughs> enough, the calendar does make that happen as yeah, days go yeah. by. You do, you do get closer to the whole, you know, nationals thing, which for, if if you're listening to, to this podcast, you probably know the dates, but for the, you know, ones of you that don't know the dates yet, um, we're going to do some housekeeping and give you all the information a- anyway, because fuck you, that's why. Um, so, uh, Laser Force... It, internationals will this year be in auckland new new zealand from july 20th to 24th so for those of you that have already purchased your tickets good on you bully for, for you. those of you that yeah those of you that haven't purchased your t- tickets yet um maybe get on that you know we hear with some with all the coronavirus bullshit that there's actually <laughs> deals going on on flights so maybe you catch a break and for those of you that have bought your tickets already with all the coronavirus stuff that's lowering ticket prices, yeah, just turn off your Google Flights tracking <laughs> on, on those prices yeah. because, um, I mean, I've I've done that. I've bought my tickets. I don't need to know how much cheaper I could have gotten them <laughs> had I waited another, you know, six or eight weeks. I just I just don't want to know. Yeah. Um, we didn't know that, so, the, you know, that a major pandemic was going to break out in that time. So, you know, you could be forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah. So again, July twenty twenty fourth, Auckland, New Zealand. Um, we've still got a a incredibly large contingent mm. of interested people, which is um, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, we're still we're, we're still kind of looking in that you know potentially ten to twelve team range, which is um, just just great. I mean, the 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 amount of interest um, from you know, for, for, from the states and for, from Australia and obviously New Zealand as well, and mm. um, you know, hopefully has been, has been hopefully from Europe as well. Yeah, we yeah, we well, hope from Europe. <laughs> well, I know that I know that um, Marcus from G- Germany is going to the to the Australian titles in Perth after. So oh, is my he? assumption, so my my assumption would be if he's doing that. He's probably coming to New Zealand also, but I, yeah, I, yeah, we, we still need to talk with him directly to to confirm that. Yeah, I'm gonna try and like crash on his floor in the hotel. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that works out for me. <laughs> I'm moving in, Marcus. You don't know me. You never met me, but I'm moving in. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. It's what we do in New Zealand. We reclaim shit. Um, <laughs> you reclaim land. Yeah, that is that is a fairly accurate statement. Yeah, and, yeah, but we won't we, can, go, so. we we won't elaborate further on that one. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so um, with that all out of the way, actually, one one last thing. Oh, okay, so whilst it's fresh in my mind, um, we touched on it briefly last week around some of the stuff that Demi Hawk's doing um, for the stream this this year. Um, yeah, he showed me a little preview of something to come. Oh my god, it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, I might have to. I'll, I might tell you about it off here then. But yeah, just. Just you know, put a little put a little carrot there for people to kind of, you know, be tempted by. Um, it looks dope. It looks really dope. The the some of the functionality that he's put in place for this year, oof, pretty cool. So um, so what so what you're saying is that you know over over the years the the bar on on the streaming keeps getting raised a little bit further a little bit further a little bit further yeah um i think think last year's australian t- titles like had, oh had so good bar, like 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 you know to to its highest point yeah so what you're saying is that his that greg's goal is to make last year's australian t- title streaming just look like a you know <laughs> child's toy or and, or, you know, <laughs> or you know see it in a more positive way take what they did awesomely and make it better <laughs> yes but you're you're way way better at saying things in a positive <laughs> light than than i am i'm you know i'm you're the most cheery guy i know you're you're uh you know a ray of sunshine <laughs> Wow, that, that, that wow. Hmm, you you really do know me, Steve-O. Yeah, I've never seen a ray of sunshine <laughs> turn into a grumpy old man before. So, <laughs> um, all right, enough about that that bullshit. We uh, we've actually it, you you wouldn't be able to tell from how quiet it is, bar you know me and Than. Uh, but we actually have quite a full house today. Um, whilst we've lost the DK, we've actually uh reached out. And uh, did what Than should have done weeks ago. <laughs> and, Fuck uh, <laughs> off. We've, <laughs> we've reached out, and uh, today we actually have three guests on the pod. Uh, well, two and a half. We'll see how Mike goes. But um, today <laughs> today uh, we would like to introduce uh, from the UK, uh, Poison Ivy, Smalley McSmall, and the Brit. Hey, guys. What's up? Hello. Hi. How you going? Pretty, pretty good. You there with us, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just avoiding speaking when anyone else is to avoid the uh, feedback. <laughs> so we got a we got a bit of tech issues. Um, so you know, I'll do my best with the uh, the editing hammer uh, in post, and we'll see how we get on. But um, thanks for joining us, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, oh God! So we so we are literally gonna fix it in post. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> we we sure are. <laughs> um, well, look. Uh, Obviously, um, uh, you guys have been around for a while, um, particularly you, Emma. I think you've been around for a, a long, long time, as far as I'm aware. Um, your your code name sort of done the rounds for for a number of years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've been playing since I was about sixteen. Right, and so uh, about fourteen years now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a while. <laughs> just a um, little while. Just a little while. Uh, how how did you guys? Uh, so, uh, how about the, the uh, like, Nikki and Mike, how long have you guys been playing for? Um, I'm on about nine years, I think, now, but I had a good six years of that where I was living a long way from my closest site. Right. Uh, about six and a half hour drive, so I was a kind of a half presence at that point. Right. So, I've been playing, depends how you define this, so uh, Laser Tag or Laser Force. 
I first probably put on a laser tag pack in the very late 80s. Um, and Laser Force would have been 2005 when I first played in the US Armageddon. And that was my first Laser Force experience. Wow. So, like, you, you're basically all, like, seasoned pros, more or less. <laughs> Not sure if I call us that. Um, <laughs> our, our scene in the UK is a little bit more sparse. Right. Well, so um, obviously, like, uh, I think a lot of, like, old school players uh, will know the the Peterborough name because um, we've, st- I think that's probably... It's one of the oldest sites in, in, in the UK. Right. It was one of the, it, it was one of the um, first sites that really kind of went hard with the game editor and trying to create new new games and they and they were very um it it was very cool in as much as like they would create these games and then they would put they would actually have them up on on their their um, website um and so i know there there were a few of their their game game modes um evolution is the one that i'm thinking of right off the top of my head that i actually stole and put into the auckland computer when oh true i was there yeah so so um you know that there there was definitely um you know as, as far as like for for us on 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 this side of the pond um you know looking at some of their custom games like oh i'd never thought to actually do that and mm. then you know just stealing it and put, put, putting it into our <laughs> system so some of the some of the customizations like you know, we, we we really do owe owe them um a debt of actually like sitting down and doing stuff i mean it's it's not to say that you know there there weren't sites you know in australia the u.s and new zealand that 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 weren't doing the same thing mm. but by and large we weren't we weren't posting those updated games out to our website so nobody outside of the site would have known that they would have existed right well we we played a game evolution on tuesday actually so you know timely that that's brought up um but yeah so uh but you guys have been playing uh, like space marines for for a long time right yeah, our um our Wednesday sessions, our advanced sessions at Peterborough, we tend to run um alternating D and D and SM five all night. Yeah. Um Sounds back familiar. In the day when we first started <laughs> playing, it was pretty much it was D and D all night and if we managed to get a game of SM five in, um it would take a lot of badgering to get yeah. that. Um, I remember the days of oh you're not you're you're still the new guard, you got you guys can play Warrior all night and um, <laughs> you don't get a say in what we're playing. Um, but nowadays, um, we pretty much run the show and it's, um, it's alternating D and D SM5 all night. Right. So. We, um, like we can relate here in Auckland cause that's pretty much like when I, I first joined and you know, started playing competitively in, uh, 2003, we had the same thing. Like most people I think preferred to play D and D over SM5. Um, and, th- and in, and in Sacramento, when um, when D and D was for, was first released, um, it was like yeah, we, we'd play like yeah, like seven games of D and D, and then one game of SM five at the end of the night. And like <laughs> that was just how that went. And now, of course, you know Sacramento doesn't have a site, and I'm in Texas anyway. So I mean, <laughs> I care, but I don't care. I I, I care because it, it makes me sad seeing all my friends back in Sacramento not being able to play for sure. Um, 
but you know that after we kind of got past that initial point of you know that that sort of ratio it kind of went back to a lot more space five to D D. yeah sure. well it i mean the game like the D D mode uh is the kind of mode that seemingly would appeal to to us i mean like the the fact that you can spell cast on off your phaser is like really cool <laughs> um and i'm sure you know a lot of people in the scene are no strangers to to proper D, so yeah i'm not surprised it's it's such a you know popular game mode um i would also say anybody who hasn't played it since the latest or not the latest the up, up, the update before the latest update definitely give it another shot because it has changed spell casting completely it's and crazy it right so much better yeah so much better uh, it took it took a little while to adjust as a mage, um, but like for cleric, you can rip through your spell book. Just it, it's ridiculous how fast you can cast now. It's it's nuts. Yeah, being being able to pull up an injure in the middle of a firefight is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than sort of going in and then going, oh, you've walked around the corner. Just shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody walks up and catches you with your spell book open. If you will, <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to be my new phrase instead of being caught with my pants down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see you've got me with my spellbook open. Um, what about you, Mike? Are you where? Uh, what site do you play Force out of um, predominantly? Um, well, I I play at the Peterborough site. It's my nearest location. Um, I don't actually live that close to it. It's a it's a good. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Well, that is uh, I can fill in a little bit on that for you. Mike lives about an hour and a half away, I think, in London. Mm. So um, wow. he is um, he, he does that drive every other Wednesday for us. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now that now that's dedication to to the cause. I, I am aware that I have to translate a little bit for Americans because I, I know that an hour and a half drive is nothing for you guys, but in the <laughs> UK that's like a third of the country, right? Yeah, we're we're about the same in New Zealand. So, <laughs> well, so so here's the thing that like it 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 depends upon where you are in the states as to if an hour and a half is is a long drive or not. Like when when I lived in California, hour and a half drive, that that was like forever. It's like no, I'm not doing that. That's bullshit. That's 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 ages. Fuck that. Um, since I've moved to Texas. My idea of what an acceptable drive is, and I and I know I've said this before on on the pod. So if you've heard me say say, say this before, suffer. Um, my my idea of an acceptable drive now is like if it's anything under like two two and a half hours, like that's like that's nothing. That's <laughs> that that's that's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I can I can d- deal with that. And part of that is is just the the nature of the traffic in the Dallas Fort Fort Worth area. Um, I don't want to live yeah. in that world, man. It's, uh, it's it's not where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, well, you live in Devonport that has one way in or out of that <laughs> of that peninsula. So, you kind of already live in that world. You just don't realize. <laughs> Work it. from home, kids. It's the best way to do it. Mike, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry for some reason the phone just did something very strange and no booted me out. But yeah, yeah, good hour and a half, actually, probably more like two hours because uh, I have to drive during rush hour. And uh, the uh, the myriad of ways I've had to return late at night, 
sort of we finish at 9 p.m and every time i go back they seem to close one of the uh, the major <laughs> motorways on the way back so i end up being diverted off to some little town i've never heard of and uh yeah get back at gone midnight but it's uh that's how that's when you start hearing banjos <laughs> all right so so all 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 of you guys have you know been playing you know laser tag in general and laser force in 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 specifics for you know years and you've had tournament experiences that were not a you know, you know that, that have been either you know in in the uk or with us armageddon style um but but this year you guys decided to come to the last version of of east coast and experience close to a proper US Australia New Zealand style tourney. Um, so what was that experience like for for you guys? Uh, it was really great. Um, the big appeal for us for this one or at least for me was um, the random team or not so ran random teams random roles and salary cap mm -hmm. meant that it was more accessible for us. Because yep. otherwise, trying to get a whole team together that is a, that is willing and able to pay to go abroad to play is a lot more challenging. Mm. So it opened it up for us as traveling players a lot. Definitely, um, one of the um, cooler things about this this tournament was was how it was run with that with it, and you know, it's first time we've done specifically with the ranking and salary capping. Um, definitely something that feel like we should do again because it it did seem to kind of widen the base of people who could who could show up. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody expected there to be eight teams showing up to just a random little East Coast tournament, but there it was. I think it also like sets a good um, template for something that we can do in Australasia as well, um, because you know. Up until this point, we we only really play uh, Australia, New Zealand only really play together at uh, international tournaments. But if we could, you know, work out some sort of ECT type format over you know three days instead of a full week, um, you know, either early in the year or later in the year after Nats, uh, that might be pretty cool. Um, and doing it in that kind of yeah, and that salary cap kind of format might be um, a, a really cool way to do it. Um, and, you know, it like it makes for really good uh, fantasy league tournaments as well. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, we've been we've been jerking that topic off for a few weeks. So, <laughs> um, right on. So how, how did you guys find kind of the uh, the meshing of, of kind of play styles between how you guys play now and, and how it's kind of done um, in the US? Definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very wary of doing all the talking, so I'm trying to shut up a bit and let these guys talk. Um, yeah, I had to concentrate very hard on the show a shoulder because we're very much used to being able to just like, peek around a wall. Right. Blind fire out. So it was, yeah, having to remember to make sure we had the sensor on show was challenging, but I, I did like it by the end of it. Honestly. Right. I, I think it, 
Having played Syracuse now, I, I totally get it. We, mm. we, we tried a couple of games over here um, where some of us were showing shoulder. We couldn't get everybody to do it because that's the way it is. Um, but it just it didn't feel like it gelled so well. And part of that is, I think, the arena construction here. Right. Um, a lot of the walls just um, are built in such a way that there are spots that are very advantageous um, to hold and then some that are almost untouchable if mm. you if you do play with the show a shoulder rule so um i think especially if not everybody is playing ball um which ours weren't so i think yeah. having played it in syracuse i it, it was completely different to how i expected it to be and it definitely was needed mm. um having the extra marshals in was really helpful we don't have anywhere near that level of marshalling mm. so the fact that every area of the arena was covered was really helpful yeah it meant that if you had a rule, if you had a rule break, it wasn't contested so much because, you know, at least two people had eyes on it. Mm. I think that's, um, you know, a thing that's kind of, uh, with the exception of maybe Brisbane and maybe Loveland and Colorado, uh, a lot of sites, you know, don't have the numbers to have two teams of six plus marshals in there um it's only really when you come to a, a tournament where you start getting you know and like 12 refs um which can be an adjustment you know because you could go from from playing each week to you know thinking that you were relatively clean into a situation where you're maybe playing in a new arena and playing with more scrutiny because there's more refs around um and finding that oh actually i, I wasn't you know my technique is not where I thought it was. Um, and that's that's from a perspective of people that play with our rule set on the regular. Uh, if you're coming from, you know, a scene that doesn't play that way, um, yeah, I could, I could imagine that the adjustment is even more. Yeah, there was there was definitely a big adjustment for me as uh, um, as Than will will very well know as mentioned on a previous <laughs> podcast. Um, the the adjustment to 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 the rules there of showing a shoulder was uh, very difficult, um, and it was kind of made worse by the fact that in all the socials before, I wasn't really called on it. People weren't telling me you're doing that wrong, right? Um, and telling and and there was nobody really observing it and saying you, you you're doing this wrong you're going to be penalized for doing that tomorrow mm. uh which would have been really helpful for me because it took me the first day to to even get a a grip on what was going wrong yeah i think like a benefit to um you know having played a, a regional tournament like this is um making a transition from that to an international tournament means that you've kind of uh had a competitive environment to to adjust to it um and then if you were to come you know obviously to to this year's nationals um then <laughs> <laughs> then the adjustment period is is less but yeah you I, I remember in the chat you guys bring up some really good points of well you know it's hard to know how to adjust if you're not aware of what you're doing um and for me at least it, it sort of brought up uh, or maybe we should do a better job of of um, communicating with people exactly how their technique can be changed to fit into our rule set if we're playing a tournament, you know, with our rule set, which for, for us is generally the case. Um, Just jumping a step, a, a step back to comment that um, Nikki and Emma made about trying to play um, a game at 
at their site where some people were were you know trying to do the the international rules you know gun gun plus one sensor and other people were like yeah no we're not we're not doing that mm. um yeah it's, it's to 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 on that point that's very seldom ever going to go well mm. if you've got people that are um you know basically playing in two different rule sets at the same time yeah um and it's and and it's it it is a little sad that 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 people you know wouldn't at least give it a go with it's like if you've got you know half people saying hey let's try this you know it would have been cool i think if the other half had gone okay we think it's stupid but we'll still give it a go and at least try try the thing um but yeah trying to trying to mesh things like that definitely um we had we we had some challenges with that in Sacramento many, many year, years ago. Um, basically, when I came back from Australia the first time, having been exposed to that rule, and was like, "Oh my God, this is this to to my mind was such a better way of playing than what we were doing." And yeah, trying to trying to get break break that break through that barrier was a multi year process, but mm. you get that. Well, uh, I'll just say on that point, I think um, I think we needed a bit of experience playing with people following the rule. Mm. So an event like this really helps to understand the rule and how it works and how that affects play and, and how the rule ca- is enforced. Mm. Because um, we were trying to play it that way in part just because we wanted practice for this. But there was nobody to tell us if we were or weren't breaking the rules. Right. So we didn't know. So there wasn't an easy way to, to figure it out. Mm. So I think that plays a part in it as well, is you've got to actually have had experienced people to play with who can point out the good and bad in, in, in your play style. For me personally, um, I found uh, that actually my my kind of handicap was my history of playing uh, Qzar mm. and the stance that you take when you're playing Qzar uh, is kind of more shoulder forward, which I was doing automatically mm. uh, through having played that for, for decades. And as a result, I was standing at a particular angle that meant that my shoulder that I thought I was showing was actually hidden behind my head. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a common thing as well for, for people who play multi-system. Um, you know, at least in my like small experience of of um being around you know some of the us armageddon players shout out to rnt <laughs> um <laughs> yeah he he would have exactly the same issue i did because yeah. he is a qzar player he um obviously he's played a few force tournaments now as well so i think he um has made the adjustment or at least can make the adjustment but yeah you're right one if you if you've played for decades with a, a particular stance making the switch um feels awkward i, I guess at best <laughs> not to put words in your mouth but <laughs> i was just gonna say emma's secondary system is laser quest um oh, and that has a very very different stance we almost call it the anti-force because it is literally the exact opposite <laughs> yeah um and she's been trying to teach me a few tricks so I don't suck quite as badly at it. Um, and it's things like it's things as simple as our our stance where we're holding our our phaser pretty central to our chest is essential, especially if you're playing show a sensor. But 
if you do that in quest you're actually making yourself an easier target because you're boosting how the sense how the sensors receive the signal so you've got to have your your, your phaser as far as possible away from your body mm. um and trying i'm just like how do you aim <laughs> and you never stop firing and you never stop firing which That's for somebody who's used to conserving shots is <laughs> is completely alien yeah so yeah different set different systems if you've got experience playing different systems it plays into it completely because as a force player going into quest everybody's just like what are you doing <laughs> um, when i go back like... to force after doing quest i'm just doing this ridiculous wibbly dance and everyone's just looking at me. <laughs> yeah oh, that's nice and just shoot me. yeah i'm just like that's really really cute missile <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna try it's the been... wiggly dance on tuesday night <laughs> it's it's been a long time since i've played quest but i but i do i do remember um just yeah, just the 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 way the trigger pulls are on, on question like how, like shift from thumb to fingers back to thumb as your forearm just goes. What the fuck are you doing to me as you're doing this constant firing and and, 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 and yeah and trying to paint sh shoulder sensors or my personal favorite with with quest trying to figure out which sensors on the packs are actually working so you can shoot them. Oh yeah, that's half the game. That's my that's my literal job when we do tournament quest is I report back to the players who don't suck which sensors are working on which packs. <laughs> um Rust I think Rusty can relate. <laughs> um yeah, so I mean, yeah, obviously like um it, it, there's there's got to be a, a a massive adjustment between um you know the force rules and seemingly all other all other laser tag <laughs> rules or or should i accurate be, yeah no, be, the, i'll be yeah, more specific uh the you know the uh space five rule set rather than force um sweet also um uh, you know how did the tournament specifically go for you guys um the arena adjustment was big for me. Mm. Um, it was almost as big as adjusting to the rules um, and the rules changes. Because right. there is one other big rule change that I think Mike will probably want to bring up as well, which is um, the, the, the kind of motion that is allowed um, and what we would define as dangerous play. Right. So what we're used to is you are allowed to walk with pace, but you are not allowed to sprint. Right. Because sprinting, for the same reason as jumping, you have two feet off the floor, you can't control your movement. Mm -hmm. If you're sprinting, you're by, by definition dangerous play and you will be penalised for it. Wow. So we move a pretty decent pace. We still manage it. My husband's probably one of the fastest players in the UK and he, he goes he goes some mm. um, without without running. But yeah, some of the movement in that arena, we would have been dishing out 20 penalties a game. Yeah. That, so that was a big adjustment for us. Syracuse is it is a little unique mm. in how some of the dangerous play stuff gets called or do doesn't get called um because because it is be, be, because it does have typically such wide um um lanes basically and that's the mm. wrong word but it's but it's 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 the one that's coming to 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 mind right now um there's it's 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 a little more forgiving of 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 speed um because there, there, there are definitely things that that don't get called in syracuse that 100 percent would get called in say detroit mm. or would have been called in in sacramento because it's 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 a tighter maze and there's and there's less margin for mm. for um error 
Um, having said that, I did like the the one penalty that I actually called during the tournament was a dangerous play because someone was basically sprinting with their head down. It's like, no, <laughs> you can't, you can't even see, you can't even see to know what's, what's potentially going to happen. So have a penalty. Um, I think you're right too. Yeah. Like that means, that means definitely lends itself to sprinting around because it's all single level. It's massive. Like the, the actual floor space, like floor area is huge. Um, but you do have these wide, as you say, lanes to kind of run up and down. So, the whilst you whilst you can sprint, I think most people that have uh, control over their body would be able to either stop or pivot or you know juke or or do something to avoid a collision should somebody pop around a corner. Um, but that that shit don't fly in most other arenas. Um, like if you tried that you know in ours or detroit or um i mean i I couldn't see anyone sprinting around the the old sacramento maze uh maybe maybe across the top but you know um yeah any any arenas with uh ramps i think uh sprinting up ramps takes a lot out of you so um Every arena in the UK pretty much has ramps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but the thought of running up and down ramps sucks. <laughs> Especially, um, we have so Huddersfield, Bradford, and one of the two ramps in Peterborough are all crazy steep. Like before right. they, uh, I remember, I remember we were talking about in Bradford before they put the grip down on the um, on the ramps. You literally had to clip on and pull yourself up. Oh, ramp. Yeah. oh wow! It is that I steep. Can't. um so the idea of sprinting that is just i i I probably would have died a long time ago playing this sport (laughs) so you need a you need a sherpa to get to your resupply oh yeah (laughs) yeah at the bradford arena definitely Uh, i've had uh, there's a few arenas in in my qzar arena we have ramps and there's been certain games where my job has pretty much been running up and down the ramp the whole game and i i pretty much died at the end of it at, at half an hour well it's 24 minutes of running up and down a ramp you got them sick i'm not muscles. the most in shape guy so <laughs> ramps don't bother me too much but doing lengths of this arena got me though oh yeah <laughs> Just it's going that far. Yeah, it's huge, right? It's a massive arena. Yeah, to cross to either side, and then it's like, oh, run back, get resupplied right back up. Our arenas are pretty big, but they are, in terms of the space that is actually utilised, that is played as a routine bit, for, certainly for Peterborough, upstairs is God. So right. you pretty much vacate downstairs as soon as you've got your your neutral base down there and you get you get the hell out of Dodge. Right. Because it, it, it's just way too open down there to be shot from upstairs. Yeah. So, uh, the, the arena in Peterborough is probably comparable in size in terms of footprint to Syracuse, but only half of it is used in game. Right. Um, how good is it running on a cloud, though? That foam floor. Oof. Delicious. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I have a slightly different um, viewpoint on this because I broke my. Oh, I didn't break. I, I fractured my elbow playing Armageddon um, a couple of years ago, and I did it in the section of arena that was carpeted. So I can oh. honestly say that I've hurt myself less in concreted <laughs> arenas than I have in carpeted arenas. Yeah, we um we have sections of our floor that it, we we use like this weird carpet tiles, and uh, yeah. because you know because it's twenty twenty years of Laser Force in Auckland, uh, 
the uh, the floor panels periodically come off, and um, yeah, you 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 can go for a, a wee trip if you're if you're not careful. But um, that should be sorted by Nats, folks. We'll, we'll get that cool. sorted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I guess the real question for Nats is, you know, are 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 we going to be able to play barefoot because it is New Zealand? <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, we're not all hillbillies here, right? <laughs> yeah, what I'm more con- met you. <laughs> I have all my teeth. Um, what I'm more concerned about is um, is uh, the amount of people playing in their boxer shorts. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. That's a thing. Yeah, we that used to be a staple of Rusty's, uh, the old peekaboo shorts. Um, so what's uh what's kind of next for you guys like um have you got you know tournaments on the horizon or you know uh stuff in your local scenes we've got nothing i think planned at the moment um i think if there is something coming up um it will probably be run at one of the northern sites paul will put something on um he's he's looking at testing out at the moment he the event he ran in um was it November Christmas. or yeah? Was it, I, think, I think it was just after Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah. He he just got a license, the second license for Huddersfield, so that he could test out the back half of the arena, so he could keep the front half open to the public while running a tournament in the back half because Huddersfield so cool. is a really really long arena. Um, it, and floor space wise, it's pro- I think one of the biggest arenas i've ever seen it's huge Mm. so you can easily play sm5 in half of it and that's more than big enough wow um so i think he was looking at trying to do that as a test so hopefully what that was a test for will emerge soon Mm. and we'll look at um playing something up there but other than that it's only armageddon on the scene for us at the moment when when is that uh it is august um i'm not entirely sure of the dates my mike um, yeah, I should know these off the top of my head, really, shouldn't I? As, uh, you really should. I do organise it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the middle of August, um, and I'm sure I've got an event up for it. Uh, 14th to the 16th, 17th at the minute. Yeah, there's a there's a US one at the beginning of July, so over the 4th of July weekend. Um, and the UK also... one, we, we, we are, I am trying to figure out the and confirm the dates, because we've got... Um, I've currently kind of put it down as a Friday to Monday. It's not going to be four days. It's going to be three days, but somewhere in that four-day period. I'm also keeping quite a close eye on what Darmstadt are running because we mm. did head over there. Um, I think it was, was it August That was August year? again. It weren't long before um, And, yeah, I, I'm keeping an eye on them because they seem to have quite a burgeoning scene over there. That was yeah. so It was good fun. Did I Their hear... arena is actually quite like Syracuse. Mm. Um, it's very flat, very open. Um, right. more square. A bit more square, mm. um, and more half heights. Lots and lots of half height walls. Right. Um, but plays quite similarly, and mm. I should imagine the play style would translate quite well. Yeah. Um, there is also. Did I see that there's some sort of um, tournament happening in Amsterdam? Right. Prague. Um, oh, Prague. There's something going. There's something going on in Prague. It's not SM5 though. Oh, okay. That's a shame. Um, yeah. one of our, one of our expat guys, Virus, he, uh, he lives in Amsterdam, so I think I'd send it through to him and he might end up having a, having a bit of a ticky tour. So we might have to get him on the mic and see how it went. But, um, it's, it's good to see, uh, 
you know, being a being a laser force purist, it's good to see force. Um, you know, having a few different events in Europe. Um, and maybe it's something that's happened a lot in the past, and we're just ignorant and don't know about it. But um, you know, it's cool that it's kind of uh, it. It looks to be that most force things now are becoming global, right? Um, people in scenes across the world hear about them and give and you know get the opportunity to go play if if they're kind of relatively near um i mean there is an explosion of sites in germany there are tons of four sites in germany so the idea of them building up a scene is really really exciting mm. um i've heard rumors of another site opening up in the uk at some point as well we don't know which one so um it would be it's great to see a growing here a growing presence here in the uk mm. um unfortunately our site peterborough doesn't seem to have any kind of stake in an sm5 scene at the moment it doesn't really seem interested in putting something competitive on but i know paul definitely is up north so mm. it's a shame because uh, obviously the peterborough site is, is as you guys say have been around for forever so um it would be awesome to kind of bring that site uh but, but maybe you know all uk sites into into the international fold um we'll see how the next kind of couple of years shakes out when it comes to that sort of thing um i would be very keen to come over to the uk for a tournament in a couple of years if if you know coronavirus permits um <laughs> uh was there anything else that we wanted to touch on do we need to explain what um armageddon is or has that been covered before um we've covered it in previous pods um uh, but there's no reason why we can't recover it um do you want to do you want to give us a, a you know a sort of quick recap as to um how armageddon works for anyone that's sort of new to the pod or new to the scene yeah sure sure so armageddon started in the states back in 2000 um and has been running every year except one since uh, and it's a multi-system laser tag tournament where teams play each other on every system in the tournament. So uh, you'll get get to play them on Laser Force, but uh, also Laser Quest, Qzar, um, and uh, Tron, and a whole load of others, Laser Storm. So there's lots of different systems, and the idea is to, to prove who's best at laser tag rather than just who's best at one particular system. Mm. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's um, it's I'd say it's a far less serious tournament than Nats would be for any individual system. Um, but you do have very competitive teams in there. Uh, but at the same time, you're going around together, staying in hotels together, and getting drunk together, as well as a bit of laser tag thrown in. That's that's what we like to hear. <laughs> wait, wait, there's laser tag on again. I thought yeah. it was just the drinking. <laughs> um. Do they do they still play photon? Is that is that something that people still kind of play on the rig, or is that long dead? Um, so there's one site that I'm aware of that has photon equipment, and that's the Maryland site. Um, oh, yeah. it, uh, it's a Lasertron venue now, but they they have photon a full set of photon equipment, and they run a thing called Focon, um, sort of every so often, where yeah. they get all the old photon players together to play to play a tournament. So, as far as I'm aware, that's the only site that could actively run any games. And I know that um, there was uh, Redneck Tech had hoped to bring the US Armageddon 
uh, over to that arena and include Photon in this year's uh, US Armageddon. Unfortunately, um, he couldn't secure the venue um, because there's there's some kind of uh, sort of um, there's uncertainty around release renewal, I believe, or something along oh, those right. lines. So until that's resolved, um, he he doesn't obviously couldn't commit to uh, to a venue that uh, may or may not get its lease renewed. Sure, last thing you want to do is bring people over, you know, for just drinking. <laughs> 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 yeah, you've got to have, have, a, have, have a pretend purpose to be there. <laughs> Part of the appeal of Geddon is getting to play systems we don't get to touch very often. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine if we could play um, Force on old Gen 5 packs again and try them out and just think... No. Try no, to refresh no, those skills. No. no <laughs> uh, see, no, I came, back, I came no. back to my Gen 7s and I was so happy. I could dodge <laughs> missiles again instead of being a missile bait trophy winner. <laughs> I love no, me some Gen Eight. <laughs> I'm I'm here now. Already. <laughs> oh, I I, I got to admit I loved playing on Gen Eights. I'd never I'd never played on them before um, before this tournament, and neither had Emma. Um, and it was great, but it's so totally different. And oh like, yeah. I, I got to admit, I, I got oh, back really. to my Gen Sevens, and I was like, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> um, so 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 we got our first Gen Eight experience um, in Brisbane in 2018 for for the you know 30 year anniversary internationals basically that was the you know 30th year that Brisbane had been open and um, so all of Brisbane had been playing on on Gen Eights because they were you know doing all the alpha and beta testing and then we show up for a tournament it's like okay we're we're playing on Gen Eight which which we knew you know a couple weeks slash months in in advance but um i had this very clear memory of like the first time i looked at a gen 8 pack going what mm. the fuck <laughs> is this and then after playing a couple of games on them being like oh my god these are amazing glorious um <laughs> just because because i started on on gen 4 which um you, know, you damn you old <laughs> Uh, yes, I don't think there's ever been any argument about that. So you know, going from the you know the the original one-handed phaser that was supposed to have a sensor in the tip of the gun, but that sensor didn't often survive public or league players. Um, <laughs> through to you know and you know you know G G five okay really G five G six G G seven very incremental mm. with with the with the upgrades and then stepping to G eight and it's like. Oh my God! The future is now. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um. So to touch back on Photon, I have uh, a boxed um, Photon home system sitting on my shelf, and uh, I've never actually played it. Um. But it's got the the helmets and um, it, you know, it, I might have to bring it down for nationals and we'll have a run around in the uh in the the force arena with these home photon suits <laughs> um so laser force owes a a, a debt to photon absolutely in, in in the fact that you know the first laser force system you know looked remarkably similar yeah yeah for sure i had yeah, a helmet yeah um, i've seen it yeah, in the laser tag museum yeah we don't we don't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or rather, we, we we don't talk about that in any official capacity. How's that? Yeah, if you uh, <laughs> if you ever make your way to uh, you know the Brisbane site, they've got sort of a, a, a mini Blades of Force uh, history museum there, 
um, and you can see one of those packs with the helmet um, on display, and uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, I can only imagine like the the amount of danger that would come out of somebody sprinting around the Syracuse arena wearing a helmet. <laughs> that prospect terrifies Oof. me. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the photon of it, the, the photon rules allowed full out full out sprinting. I yes, mean, that seems safe. There are that... tournament rules where you can <laughs> run. Well, you got a helmet and a and a face guard on. So, I mean, that's well, you, you know American football rules, right? <laughs> you have you have a helmet, you have a face guard, and you have a a built-in game game mechanic that it doesn't matter if you're chasing somebody, you can only shoot them three times before you have to shoot something else anyway. <laughs> so you know, so so you've got all all these things that you know kind of simplify life. Maybe I'll uh, I'll take a photo of the system that I have and I'll I'll edit it into uh, into the pod so people can have a look see. Um, I was just going to say, the other thing is that uh, you couldn't actually, you had to be really fit to run in Photon because back then the batteries, it was a battery belt made of lead acid batteries that you'd strap on. So the ability to run really, yeah, you had to be really fit. (laughs) The prospect of running up ramps wearing a battery pack, yeah, hard pass. (laughs) But, you know, if I could play laser tag and potentially jumpstart my vehicle... At the same time, I'm all for that. Let's roll with that. Um, cool. Well, uh, was there anything Laser Force centric or Space Five centric we want to kind of finish out on? I think the only other thing I that really occurred to me was how differently the arena played to what we're used to because of the multi levels. Mm. Um, and that's the only thing that kind of that I, I kind of wanted to bring up is we're so used to looking for shots coming from up and shots coming from down the, the way angles yep. play into things in Syracuse it's all about people who are popping shots up and you're like where the hell did that come from yeah um, for sure yeah it, t- it took a lot of adjusting to um, to how to assault the different sections of the arena because I was I I, I, I will own my missile bait trophy with pride. I got missiles <laughs> to death day one because I just didn't know where the hell they were coming from. Right. Um. And it was uh, and then I started trying to dodge stuff and realizing, hang on, I'm on Gen eight, so that does not work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, learning the arena was huge. Mm. Um. I and, think and remembering we had a screen. Remembering we had a screen. Yeah. yeah. So long. People are like, how many shots you got? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, how, how close are you to another nuke? No idea. Look at the gun. Like, oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you say that because we, uh, so in Auckland, everything is is mostly linear as well. Everything sort of comes from that single plane. So we're not really having to worry about stuff coming from above or below. Um, so for the longest time when, when we would travel specifically to Brisbane, um, because their site is most certainly multi-level, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um, it's, it's such a different, you know, like we can relate because it's such a different way of thinking about where shots are coming from. If they're coming from above you, if they're coming from below you, um, taking, you know, adding to the, to the playing uh the 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 fields of view um is such a it's such a massive adjustment period in fact i think it took it's 
you know taken maybe three nationals for me to kind of adjust to play in the brisbane arena um so i can i can kind of relate but in the opposite way if you know what i mean yeah very defensive cubbies were also very different for us we've got we, we haven't got anything like that in certainly in Peterborough Arena, and I don't I can't think of anything in Huddersfield or Bradford either. Um, no, it's pretty much nowhere. To so when down. when you talk about right. bunkering resup, you know going into into queues, you know immediately that red resup are going to Edor and green green resup are going to go to that corner near the entrance. Yeah. And you you just do not have that certainty going into our games it could um, be anywhere. because. <laughs> If there's a corner that's looking even remotely defensible, certainly what they do, they've done in Peterborough is they've stuck tinfoil up so you can bounce shots into it. <laughs> um, they actually actively discourage Ooh. any kind of bunkering like that. <laughs> um, so us, for us, it's just like, oh, trying to assault that corner is, is hell on earth. Right. <laughs> We've got one, but I don't think it will last long. Oh, it's not going to last long. People know about it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're here to hear first, folks. It's a pod exclusive. <laughs> um... Yeah. Okay. So uh, we are we're kind of similar, I guess, in Auckland. So we have um, we have one decent resupply point, but basically our resupply points have multiple entryways. Um, in fact, our our best resupply point has three ways that you can get in there. It is upstairs, so you have to you know attack from ramps. Um, but same sort of thing. Like it, it, you know, uh, it's it's kind of expected that teams will go to one or two places. So I, I can kind of imagine that, you know, uh, yeah, trying to deal with, it would be hard for us to go the other way. You know what I mean? It's hard for people to adjust to. Well, I could, we kind of have to resupply everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but, yeah. The, but, 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 but the other thing with the, with the Auckland maze as well, because of the, the adjustable doors that, that are in it, you know, you can, you can turn Auckland from a, running gun no real super defensible positions into a hyper defensive there's you know five relatively solidish five pretty solid re resupply spots just by flipping a couple of the the doors around for yeah. for those of you for, for for those of you listening on the pod that have never played in auckland which is probably a chunk hey. of you um <laughs> there's 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 seven different doorways and there's three doors that you can move around to those seven doorways although that's so, kind of changed now um because they reclaim part of the arena for the foyer um oh, that's right. and turn into a party room so like a, a corner has kind of been taken out where there were i think three of those doorways um oh, so 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 okay, so so ignore me because I haven't been <laughs> to to my old home maze in t in ten years and listen to Steve O because he still plays. <laughs> but there, I mean, you know, there there is the possibility of closing sections of the maze up to to create those one way and one way out uh, resupply points. But we haven't played that way since you know we were training for Ballarat, where um, you know same sort of thing. You know, it was always two entrance uh resupply points um it changes the game massively for sure um, because i i mean we're, we're like i said we're used to having kind of having to think on the fly with our resup because i oh, know we've been chased out of this spot that has five entryways um so let's go find a spot with four entryways <laughs> and immediately have the same thing done to us again yeah um so we're, we're we're as a result used to shorter games because we elim right a lot 
Um, so going into um, queues where pretty much every game, I think eight out of ten games went to time. Yeah. Um, that that right. just doesn't happen for us. Yeah. Someone's getting their ass kicked. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. From 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 how, from how you're describing the Peterborough maze, it it definitely sounds like one of those mazes where it's literally the first team to make a mistake is probably going to die because they've made the mistake their resupply is split they're getting pounded on and, and they never get a chance to set back up would that be a fairly reasonable um thing to take away from that yeah that sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> everyone's yeah. just throwing haymakers right like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh, which which kind of makes for some interesting play like you we again you know to do the comparison we have similar games uh in auckland or at least the the start of games generally go that way where both teams are uh you know throwing these massive haymakers for position uh and it's the first one to kind of break is usually you know the one that's gonna lose certainly at bradford arena um because of the um unevenness between downstairs and upstairs that there's a significant advantage to holding upstairs again right they they had to move the start point so both teams now start upstairs oh what that means is that you are literally if you've got a fast player you can be in their resup in four seconds is that where that tournament at christmas was that was huddersfield that was oh, back okay. off of huddersfield right, right um but yeah even even Huddersfield, I mean, I think you can probably get from, if you're playing half of the arena, which is what we normally do, you can get, if you've got a quick a player, way. you can get there in at least um, eight seconds. Mm. It's just, it changes things um, in terms of, in, in terms of how you, how you end up setting out. I had games in Syracuse as a medic where I was, um, I had 60 seconds go over and I'm like, I've got 10 lives left. <laughs> how has that happened? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's happened because you you were you you, you had a positional set, set up that made it really challenging for people to get into you, or your team was doing such a great job of pinning the other team <laughs> back they just they, they just were never able to push forward. I love when my team does that. <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, I was I was wedged in my little corner. I didn't see a soul for most of the game. <laughs> I got nuked a bit, and that was about it. It was just it, it, it I, I can't imagine it. It's just uh, it, it, I can't imagine that happening here. Doesn't matter how we how we would do it. I can't imagine not having a commander pounding on me within the first like thirty seconds. Yeah, that's that's less favourable. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to mention one little thing. So there was one thing about the rules and uh, an unintended consequence that um, I didn't appreciate when I first sort of you know reading the rules is one thing seeing them in practice is a different one so i got caught out by uh my commander nuke chaining uh, about four or five nukes in a row mm. oh, I um i casually walked down a corridor spy a player going into a cubby follow them in via a different route than they took shoot them and then get penalized for following not realizing that there is tracks everywhere yeah. because of the nuke chain and the fact that plan that, never came up having so many the whole duration that they, and so many marshals that can see routes you didn't see as a player is yeah. huge yeah it's a, I, and and like i think i think we had this conversation briefly at ect um about this or about something else i know we i know we had a few different 
conversations at the time. But um, yeah, and any tournament player who says they've never been done for a chase that they didn't know about because of a track being set, um, anybody who says that they, that's never happened to them is is lying. <laughs> or they're not trying hard enough. <laughs> or, or 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 they're not trying hard enough because you know some, sometimes yes, I mean it is it is one of those kind of unintended consequences, but. Um, you know, believe me when I say we've we've tried rewriting the rule to eliminate that, and this was the this was an effort that that was like early mid two thousands, and so 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 it has been a while. But like every time we changed wording to you know try to not screw people unintentionally, it. It, it opened up bigger loopholes to really get screwed. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it it sucks what, when you get done for, for, for a chase when you had no idea that, mm. you know, this person set this really cool track because of these m- multiple nukes. Um, but sometimes it's like, or six oh, okay. That was Cody on a rampage, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. so literally like 30 seconds passed. And the trail was still there because they hadn't still reacted. Yeah. Yeah, not realizing yeah. that at the time. It becomes. That was, that was one of the penalties I got was a was a chase that I didn't know a track had been set, and I ran into the the red base. And for those of you who've never played played play in Syracuse, too bad. Um, <laughs> ran into into the red base from the Edor side and shot a person, and immediately got dinged. And I stopped and I looked at the ref and like. He set that whole track, didn't he? The ref just like just nods, <laughs> like, "Cool." Just turn around, walk away. It's like there's, you know, it it happens. Which is which is um, uh, one reason why I'm very glad that the zero point penalty rule has come into effect because it becomes more of a uh, like a foul in basketball. So it's it's you know you've done something unintentional. Um, and as a result, you know, you get put down and you, your momentum has stopped and it's given, you know, the other other player an opportunity to, you know, run away or, or whatever. Um, I, I guess, like, uh, I, I guess as you, as you go forward, um, you know, your gameplay changes where you, where you take those things into consideration. Okay, my nuke has dropped. I haven't really seen where that player's come up, uh, or sorry, have, has been to or set that track. I need to sort of proceed with a little bit of caution. Um, and, yeah, finding that balance, I guess, is, is a bit of a an art form. Um, yeah, because it can, uh, yeah, it can come back to sort of bite you. <laughs> On the subject of following trails, there is a rule that you guys have that is permissive that we don't, um, and that's the um, not targeting. So you yep. can follow the player with, and say not targeting Emma, whatever, um, and go in, and that we don't have in the UK. Yeah. Um, and it makes it, it, it. It's really hard remembering the extra rules um, on top of. But at one point in one game, I'm um, almost missed a base as a medic because I didn't think I could follow a player who'd fled into green base. Right. Um, and I completely forgot I could say not targeting and go in there shoot the base yeah. after, I, so after I knew could gone and would go a completely different way and then it's like why didn't you just not target them it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like an absolute moron for doing <laughs> that but it's just one of those rules that is so alien to us mm. yeah yeah well and, and it, 
and at the same, I mean, at the same time, like you said, I mean, if it's if it's not something that that they're used to, and that and and at, at, as a side note, that that just seems super weird to me that like one person can freeze, essentially freeze an entire zone from multiple people, but that's neither here nor nor nor, nor there. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that's just one of those differences. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're not not used to a thing and then you're in in the middle of something trying trying to do the thing you know sometimes yeah sometimes those things are, are just going to kind of slip slip the mind because your 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 muscle memory isn't really there for it it's, for it's sure. thinking something else it was really funny in that situation because i was focusing so hard on what i wasn't meant to be doing that i forgot there were things that i could be doing that <laughs> i'm not usually allowed to uh, i was just like don't blind fire don't do this don't do that Oh wait, I could have actually done that. That was really stupid. And a lot of so, a lot of this stuff comes from from time. Like you know, uh, it's it's basically just you know the learned skill. Same same with I, I suppose um, the pop shots uh, is most definitely a learned skill. Um, that if you know, say I was to come into a, a uh, oh I actually have been in the position where I played a tournament that had that rule set uh, where you could do the pop shots um it's such a steep learning curve to to change um you know the way that you've been playing for a decade or you know however long um if you had a um audio recording of my train of thought throughout the entire um, tournament <laughs> all you would have got is don't you got to show a shoulder you got to show a shoulder you got to right. show a shoulder oh, i was the same um and the, sec- the second <laughs> i stopped doing it i blind fired and at one point i was probably two foot from the marshal right um it was cody and red bay i, I literally held up my face and it was just like penalized me that was my fault <laughs> i did exactly um, the same thing i just without thinking went oh there's a player over that wall and just put my gun up in the air and fired and just turned around the marshal just shot me on my yeah head. <laughs> which again is uh, like i'm really thankful that zero point penalties have become a thing because it's not it's not a thing that people do necessarily on purpose like people aren't out there to cheat it's just uh for a lot of people it's um you know that's their first nature right or second nature whatever um yeah so uh, being penalized without like having points penalized i think is definitely a positive thing um and it gives it gives people an opportunity. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it gives people an opportunity to um, to adjust or hopefully adjust, assuming that they're being told what it is that they're, that they're doing wrong. Um, yeah, which yeah, going forward, hopefully becomes something that people are better at doing. Yeah, I think that would be really good. Our, our marshals here, like I said, they're few and far between. But when they call when they call a penalty, it'll, they'll tell you what it's for. It'll be penalty blind fire penalty gun jamming and they'll you'll, you'll know immediately what your um what your mistake was right you can argue it later um doesn't matter if you think you didn't do it whatever sort that sort that shit out in the pack room yeah but it's at least you then know what you did so you don't do it again yeah yeah for I had sure. one game where i weren't aware what i'd actually done until afterwards turned out i it unintentionally done a jump side thinking i was sidestepping Oh, right. I have a, pen- I have a penalty I- against my name that I still have no idea what it was for <laughs> now. 
It's for being a foreigner. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got one of mine. I think I'm down. Uh, yeah, one. yeah. We think. Um, we, we. On a side note, we think that em, I've got one of Emma's penalties because she remembers having one more than she did, and I definitely don't think I've got it. <laughs> Sharing is I'm caring, not having though, it back. Right? It's yours now. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> well, and I mean, some of the some of the penalty resolution at ECT. I mean, there there were definitely things that. Um, could have been done better um, as far as far as that goes like little things like we it pro- probably should have been that even though you know the, the entire teams that had just played were supposed to go were supposed were supposed to go in and ref the the captains should probably not have gone into ref until the penalty resolution had been done and they'd been told and then they could go in and ref. Like that's that that's one of those tweaks that in that in hindsight is like, oh, that's so obvious. We should have done it that way. Mm. Um, but that's know, what that we're aiming for for nationals as well to kind of uh, take that and learn from it. Um, so there'll be an opportunity for people. It'll most probably be a play sit ref sit situation. So you know, players will be sitting with their refs from you know from their game and can hopefully get some clarification if need be as to what happened without it affecting the schedule or you know the next the next match that or game that's going in so um yeah that's that's one takeaway that we're looking to implement for for nationals this year we also have a remotely funny story about um one of our warnings um (laughs) during the uh tournament so we i we are we're used to a rule for swearing being swearing is legal as long as it's not directed at another player <laughs> so just muttering a swear word under your breath or talking or, or talking shit to your teammate is fine yeah but uh, but the second you start directing that at somebody that's the problem right so day one emma and i got a warning for swearing after one of the games and we was we were sat trying to work out what on earth we'd said because we couldn't remember anything going on and at one point it just kind of dawned on me that at one point i'd gone where the fuck's the resub? And and Emma had responded with, I don't fucking know. And that, and that was our warning. So, um, but yeah, but it was, did you say we it like. Racking our brains. Did you say it quietly? No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. You, you screamed know. it. Yeah, 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 right on. Uh, <laughs> and it was just so reflexive. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm blaming my British heritage for that. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. Look, as a, as a Kiwi, I wish that I could, you know take the take the same kind of route i i do like i do like saying the f word it's uh it has a certain punch you know <laughs> um, um you can say it on here we're not regulated by by in the fcc you can say fuck <laughs> oh it's i know I, I know i've heard you guys swear like sailors on the pod before otherwise Me? i wouldn't be doing it <laughs> oh no no way certainly not <laughs> no it was all fan. I mean, yeah it was definitely all yeah, fan. yeah to be fair generally mostly me if you're if, if you're hearing swearing on the pod nine times out out of ten it's me yeah it's and usually I'm, something like okay fucking young people get this crap out of my yard or something to that effect right you get, old get, bastard get get the fuck off my lawn i think is usually more <laughs> what it is than anything well look so this uh we've been gone now for a while so we should probably uh end up did you guys did you guys have any final thoughts mike we haven't heard from you in a while do you have anything that you want to kind of uh bring up or um i would say 
overall, uh, the experience was good once I'd figured out sort of how to how to not cheat by accident, um, and, and and that 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 made for a much more enjoyable sort of second half of the tournament for me. Right. Um, it's certainly uh, it it certainly kind of was enjoyable, and I think the the fact that our team actually fixed a lot of issues that we had in our sort of uh, early early games and and won far more than we were expecting was mm. uh, was made made it all the better. Um, although we 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 messed up a few bits in the in the last few games, but <laughs> as as a first tournament, this was ideal because a reasonably level playing field between all the teams there was uh always a yeah it meant that we weren't going to go in game after game and get railed on it was going to be we have a chance to win pretty much every game we're going to play yeah so as a first tournament that that makes a big difference because you you're going in there um and and it's they're competitive games so they're actually a lot more enjoyable than ones where you just walk all over people or get walked over um, so I think that that sure, side of it sure. was the thing that attracted me to it, and I really enjoyed. I might just interject then with just um, to say how friendly and welcoming. Well, yeah, everybody was fantastic. Mm. We really felt welcome. Well, look, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for like coming on and um, you know putting some some, some voices to the names because obviously you know. Uh, it's it's been a while and it's nice to see uh the two scenes starting to merge into one and hopefully we get a bit of a uk contingent at a at a certain upcoming international tournament that'd be kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's going to happen this year but i've Shit. got high hopes for next <laughs> yeah well, so if if it ends up being in utah uh you know, like the, I think there's a bit of a contingent that's going to come next year, so maybe maybe we aim for that. Oh yeah, that could be. That's much more doable for us. That's you know not spending a um, tenth of my salary on flights. <laughs> yeah, but once you get here, you live like queen. So you know. <laughs> what would what would be good from my perspective is if an, if there's an event in the US, is to have it adjacent to Armageddon, so I can do both one after the other. Yeah, that's uh like a benefit for um this up well sort of it's uh obviously after um nationals this year there's the aussie titles um which are being held in perth perth um and i know that there are some traveling players as you said then marcus is making his way across the perth um after nationals assuming that he is still coming (laughs) um and so are um beans beans and sanch yeah also going to be headed that way as well i would imagine there's a, a few of the um australians that'll probably make their way across as well um maybe we'll see um but yeah thanks guys for coming on and, and speaking your piece um we'll uh maybe have to do it again sometime soon and, and delve a little deeper into some of the the rule stuff or um yeah uh whatever else we kind of you know wax poetic about but yeah thank thanks again for coming on thank you all right well for this week uh i've been guy next door and i've been than always remember to backtrack kids we will see you next week